we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12. This is the last canto, Chapter 9. Last time we had completed Chapter 8, that was about Sri Markandeya Rishi, how he was able to do prayers to Narnarayan. Chapter 9 is about Markandeya Rishi sees the illusory potency of the Lord. We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 9, Markandeya Rishi sees the illusory potency of the Lord. Sutta Goswami said, The Supreme Lord Narayana, the friend of Nara, was satisfied by the proper glorification offered by the intelligent sage Markandeya. Thus the Lord addressed the excellent descendant of Bhrigu. Continuing from the last chapter here, he is talking about when Nar Narayan comes and stands in front of Markandeya Rishi, he has been saying prayers to them and thus they are very much happy with him. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Markandeya, you are indeed the best of all learned Brahmanas. You have perfected your life by practicing fixed meditation upon the Supreme Soul as well as by focusing upon me your un undeviating devotional service, your austerities, your study of the Vedas and your strict adherence to regulative principles. We are perfectly satisfied with your practice of lifelong celibacy. Please choose whatever benediction you desire. Since I can grant your wish, may you enjoy all good fortune. Now Markandeya Rishi, after he has said the prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead that is in the form of Naran Narayan, the, the Lord says to him that, you see, he has practiced fixed meditation upon the Supreme Soul. We have been discussing about practicing meditation on the Lord. What exactly does it mean? We have discussed this earlier also and today also we are saying the same thing. Meditating on the Supreme Personality of Godhead means meditating on the Self. You go in a deep meditative state and you forget about the body. The body is not important. Body is just a vehicle. And then you only look at your own inner being. So you open all the doors inside and you see inside your own being. The Divine Lord sits over there and you meditate on this Lord. So when you are focusing upon me, your undeviating devotional service, your austerity, your study of the Vedas and your strict adherence to regulative principles. So these are certain things which are expected of people in the spiritual, spiritual world. First is the devotional service. It is called Seva Bhavana. Seva Bhavana is all about doing service to mankind, service to the people around you. So thinking of everybody as God. And God is in everything and you look at that God in everything and then you are supposed to do service unto him. So this is most important. Second is austerities. We have to be austere. You cannot have, uh, you know, hundred different maybe, you know, things going around you and uh, I want this, I want that. No, austerity means simplicity, absolute simplicity. You are supposed to be as simple as possible. Okay, then 
study of the vedas it's very important to study the scriptures scriptures are important so that we can grow in our world and strict adherence to regulatory principles this is called the religious principles as a simple religious principle would be getting up in the morning do you know how difficult it is to get up in the morning for normal human beings so we have to train ourselves to get up and training is very very important that is why we say sadhana is important sadhana is important is today you may put your you know cell phone and say okay wake me up at 4 o'clock then 5 o'clock then 6 o'clock i mean you cannot put 20 alarms and then say that i want to wake up at a particular hour no you put one alarm if you want to and wake up at that hour okay and don't put a snooze button on that okay this is more important <laughs> don't press the snooze button if you go on snooze then you will never be able to you know fulfill this particular principle that you are supposed to follow secondly we have to be very good in our food habits we are not very peculiar you know our food habits are sometimes we eat at 12 sometimes at 1 o'clock sometimes at 2 o'clock sometimes at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and sometimes not at all and then we say okay today morning's meal i'll have in the evening that is not a done thing you have to take your meals in a regular way this is very very important if you do not there are certain things in this world which will which are going to go haywire so it is better to regulate everything now these are certain principles that we need to follow the principles for sleeping getting up doing your prayers going to work all these are principles and religion teaches us about different kinds of principles okay now we may say religion is not important to us spirituality is important to me but spirituality will tell you to reach the spirit but religion will teach you how to get disciplined discipline is important in life isn't it huh? religion teaches you isn't it that uh, when you go to a temple you have to be dressed nicely you are supposed to take a bath you have to leave your chappals outside all these are re- regulative principles in religion in our life what do we do we don't follow those principles saying that we are spiritual in nature no spirituality is good but religion is also good yes there are certain things in religion which may not gel with everybody like say for example where where it is written in the religion that the people from other religions are not good <laughs> this is not right <laughs> that you don't need to follow so you have to be selective in what you do so your strict adherence to regulative principles for your own self okay that is important so the lord says he satisfied with the practice of lifelong celibacy of markandeya rishi if you remember in the last episode it was mentioned how you know kamdev and every other person tries to entice markandeya rishi and even indradev fails in it so company you know going ahead he shows lifelong celibacy so the lord is very happy with it so he says you can ask me anything the sage said o lord of lords all glory to you o lord archuta you remove all distress of the devotees who surrender unto you that you have allowed me to see you in all the benediction i want such demigods as lord brahma achieved their exalted position simply by seeing your beautiful lotus feet after their minds had become mature in yoga practice and now my lord you have personally appeared before me now markandeya rishi starts talking to the lord 
that is Narnara and they are there in front of Markandeya Rishi. So Markandeya Rishi is telling them, I am very happy to see you. How many people are happy to see the Lord? <laughs> First and foremost, you don't see the Lord. I mean, think about it. Ask anybody, have they seen God? The answer is no. And the question is, what is God actually? And this is the answer which we are going to get through this particular chapter. So, listen to it carefully. Hmm? So, first, there is this Nar Narayan right in front of Markandeya Rishi. And Markandeya Rishi is bowing down to Nar Narayan and expressing his gratitude for being there. So, most important is gratitude, isn't it? Very, very important thing is to thank the Lord. But we don't want to thank the Lord. We just want to ask him for things. We say, you know, I want this, I want that. No, we need to first thank the Lord for giving us this particular life. We are there in this world for because he has put us over here. Then, <clears throat> to be always surrendered at his lotus feet. What it means is, yesterday I was asked what it means to be surrendered at the lotus feet. See, everybody has a different approach towards the Lord. Even to your Guru. The approach is like this. Some people bow down at the feet of the Guru. Some people will bow down at the knees level. Why? Because they cannot bend down maybe. Okay. So, <laughs> there are some people who will then pray only to the heart level. Some people will look into the eyes. What is all this? All these different, different levels, what are they actually? Even some people will say, you know, they will sit at the feet and they will say, expect, you know, the hand to be put on top of their head. These are different levels of worship. Depending on where you want your worship to be. So, some people worship in the heart. Some people worship at the feet. Those who worship at the feet have the bhavana of seva. Those who worship at the heart do not talk about seva at all. They talk in terms of love. See, one is, you will always find Hanuman, that is, uh, you know, Anjaniya. He is always at the feet of Sri Ram. He considers Sri Ram as somebody big. He is doing service and he is in servitude to Sri Ram. So naturally he will be at the feet. And that means complete submission of the ego. There is no ego at all. So whereas Hanuman is concerned, there was no ego from his side. So he was always submissive to Sri Ram. So, those who bow down at the feet and are at the feet, they are always submissive to the Lord. That is why we say they are there at the lotus feet of the Lord. Those who do not think like that, those who believe, I am equal to the Lord, you know, the equality is there. These people believe and pray to the heart. Hmm? At the level of the heart, they will not bow down. They think it is below their dignity to bow down because they cannot be of service to the God. They can think of you and me are the same. You know, it is written in the Vedas, I and you are one and the same. Okay, there is no difference. So, they have a little ego and yet they are bowing down to the heart. So, they can say that it is all about love. Now, it is about equality. People think in terms of equality where, where bowing down at the heart level is concerned. Then there are those who will only look in the eye. These are Jnana Yogis. Jnana Yogis will look in the eye. And they will be thinking that I am equal to God or I am better than Him. Why? 
because I am the devotee also, as well as I know the Vedas and the Shastras better. Because I am there, the whole world prays to the Lord. Okay, this is how they are. These are the priests, those kind of people, those who believe that they know too much of Vedas and the Shastras. They are by-hearted literally the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatams and what not. So such kind of people look in the eye. You will find them, you know, waving those beautiful, you know, uh, artis at the top, not at the bottom. They don't go below. So they are like that. So here Markandeya Rishi is simply seeing the lotus feet and after their minds have become mature in yoga practice. So when the mind has completely become submissive to the Lord, then you bow down to the Lord and touch the feet. So that means you are bowing down in supplication. O lotus-eyed Lord, O crest jewel of the renowned personalities, although I am satisfied simply by seeing you, I do, do wish to see your illusory potency. By whose influence the entire world together with its ruling demigods consider reality to be materially variegated. Now, this is a very dangerous thing for anybody to do. Never ever tell the Lord, I want to see your Maya. You see, Maya is very dangerous. You have to understand this. Now, Markandeya Rishi is asking the Lord for something which is terrible in nature. So, Markandeya Rishi says, see, now I have seen you. Can I see your Maya also? Sutta Goswami said, O Vaishyavanaka, thus satisfied by Markandeya's praise and worship, the Supreme Personality of Godhead smilingly replied, So be it, and then departed from his hermitage to Badrika Ashrama. So the Lord is also very, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, Abail Muzemar, you know, you are telling the, the bull, you come and hit me, come on, you know. When you go for the bull fights, what do you do? You show the red thing in front so that the bull comes and hits you. Uh, here, Markandeya Rishi is telling the Lord, say, can you please show me your Maya? And the Lord smiles at him and says, okay, so you want to see my Maya? So be it. Tathastu. You see, first and foremost, we should always speak well. Okay? Don't ask God for impossible things. You know, what are the impossible things? The impossible things are sometimes, you know, sometimes in life, I will give ex ex some examples. Sometimes in life what we do is, there is somebody dying. There is somebody at the deathbed. Okay? That person is supposed to die. Alright? It's an example. And you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, can you please save my father, mother, brother, grandfather, whoever it might be. Now the Lord in his benevolence says Tathastu. And when the Tathastu happens, the person is saved. Now, are you ready for Maya darlings, Prakop, after that? What is going to happen after that can never be understood. You have gone and saved a person who was supposed to die by asking a boon from God. Do you know, if the person is alive for the next 2 years, 3 years, 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, your life is going to be miserable and the people around are also going to be miserable. You see, there is an additional karma that you have asked for. Why have you done this? 
This is literally like Markandeya Rishi going and asking the Lord, can you show me your Maya? So the Maya starts playing havoc in everybody's life. Not in one person's, everybody's life. Including yours, because you have asked for it. So Markandeya Rishi has asked the Lord to for him to show how Maya looks like. And that is something which is not good. So anyway, he says Tathastu and he lets it be and it carries on from there. Now, then what happens? See, the chapter's name is Markandeya Rishi sees the illusory potency of the Divine Lord. You don't want to see the illusory potency. Please remember this. Never ask for Maya. It's dangerous. See this story now. Thinking always of his desire to see the Lord's illusory energy, the sage remained in his ashrama, meditating constantly upon the Lord. Within fire, sun, moon, water, earth, air, lightning in his own heart and worshipping him with paraphernalia, conceived in his mind, but sometimes overwhelmed by waves of love for the Lord, Markandeya would forget to perform his regular worship. Now, Markandeya Rishi has said these words and he has gone back to his ashrama. Badrika ashram, he has gone back to that place and he is just doing his regular service. Whatever he is supposed to do, his regular ablutions he is doing. Now, in this particular verse, it is mentioned, he was doing, worshipping him with paraphernalia conceived in his mind. Now, this is an important line for us to understand. How do you pray? Many a times it so happens that today, now you see, there is so much of thunderstorm, this, that going on in various parts of India. In Kerala also, last month there was a very big problem. In various parts of the world, now you may be in United States and it might be cold outside, it may be snowing or raining or doing something is happening. Now you don't have any flowers around you to worship the Lord. Now you want to pray and there are no flowers around. Okay? There is no dhup, there is no agarbatti, you know, agarbatti joysticks, there is nobody, there is no such thing available over there. Maybe the water is also not, you know, it's chilled to the bone. So what do you do? The most important thing is to bring these items to your mind. Just think. Just think that you are showing Pancharati. You know, Pancharati are those five, you know, uh, lights that are burning in the Arati. Hmm? That. So, imagine in your mind you are doing a Pancharati and just wave that in your mind's eye. That is what is required. You need to think of the object. You need to bring the object to your mind and do that particular arti in your mind alone. So next time when you feel that you need flowers and they are not available to you, imagine you are doing offering the flowers to the Lord. So this is what it means, worshipping him with paraphernalia perceived in the mind. In your mind you can perceive. Okay? Remember, in the mind, Whatever you think of, converts it into karma also. Right? We have done this before. Whatever you think is karma. Action, deeds or whatever. In this case, what has happened? You want to do a prayer. You can bring those items into your mind and just worship the Lord in your mind alone. Does not matter. Got it? So, 
in most of the cases markandeya rishi would do this but forgetting the actual worship o brahmana shaunaka best of the bhrugus one day while markandeya was performing his evening worship on the bank of the pushpa pushpabhadra a great wind suddenly arose that wind created a terrible sound and brought in his awake sphere some clouds that were accompanied by lightning and roaring thunder and that poured down on all sides torrents of rain as heavy as wagon wheels now at what happens at that point in time he is doing his prayers on a very regular basis suddenly one day markandeya rishi while he is performing his worship he was sitting on this particular bank of the pushpabhadra river it's a ganga river okay one of the tributaries of ganga when suddenly a wind comes over there and it creates terrible sounds and then it brings clouds lightning roar thunder so on and so forth and rain thereafter then the four great oceans appeared on all sides swallowing up the surface of the earth with the wind tossed waves in these oceans were terrible sea monsters fearful whirlpools and ominous rumbling now you are going to wonder how did, does this work think about it just now i was talking about a river pushpabhadra river and here we are talking about four oceans coming up together where did this happen suddenly remember it is nothing but the potency of the lord called maya maya can create anything where there is nothing she can create anything so what happens markandeya rishi when he is doing his prayers suddenly he can see the four oceans coming together rising waves and fearful you know terrible sea monsters fearful whirlpools and ominous rumblings the sage saw all the inhabitants of the universe including himself tormented within and without by harsh winds the bolts of lightning and the great waves rising beyond the sky the whole earth flooded he grew perplexed and fearful now markandeya rishi is seeing all this happening to him so right in front of him the four oceans have gathered and they are rising and there are sea monsters and things like that and the inhabitants of the universe including himself is tormented naturally when you have floods and so on and so forth you know during tsunami what happens the entire place is destroyed currently there was a problem in indonesia where not only the oceans rose but there was thunderstorm rain squalls you name it and on top of it earthquake and then the volcano burst three things happening at one time do you know how bad it is thousands of lives were lost in indonesia just recently okay just maybe a week back or so and that was terrible now just see he saw you know everybody is tormented within and without by the harsh winds bolts of lightning great waves beyond the sky the whole earth flooded he grew perplexed and fearful even as markandeya looked on the rain pouring down from the clouds filled the ocean more and more until the great sea its waters violently whipped into terrifying waves of hurricanes covered up all the earth's islands mountains and continents 
The water inundated the earth, outer space, heaven, the celestial region, in indeed the entire expanse of the universe was flooded in all directions. And out of all these inhabitants, only Markandeya remained. His matted hair scattered, the great sage wandered around about alone in the water as if dumb and blind. Now in front of Markandeya Rishi, all the oceans have gathered, everything is destroyed, the world around him has completely come to an end. He is the only person alive over there. And he is wading through the waters and walking over there, tormented by hunger and thirst, attacked by monstrous makaras and timingala fish, and battered by the wind and waves, he moved aimlessly through the infinite darkness into which he had fallen and he grew increasingly exhausted. He lost all sense of direction and could not tell the sky from the earth. So this is the way in which Maya works. Maya brought all this together. So there were, everything had got destroyed. It was complete darkness. He was wading in the waters. Timingala fish, timingala fish are tiny fishes, fishes which can eat human beings also. I mean, they are like those piranhas. You know piranhas, how they can eat you? <laughs> Something like that. And the makaras, different kinds of fishes and creatures of the sea, they were there, they were trying to eat him and so on and so forth. And he was exhausted. He is wading in the waters and he couldn't tell between the earth and the sky. At times he was engulfed by the great whirlpools. Sometimes he was beaten by the mighty waves and at other times the aquatic monsters threatened to devour him as they attacked one another. Sometimes he felt lamentation, bewilderment, misery, happiness, fear. At other times he experienced such terrible illness and pain that he himself felt like dying. Has this happened to you? Of course, it has happened to all of you all. You understand, this is what happens to human beings constantly in life. Maya acts on you. Here, Markandeya Rishi is having all the oceans and all that. Remember, he is not married. Okay, He is a lone person. Now, in your life, you are with people. You have a lot of people around you. Things are happening. You know, there are so many things. Today, in the newspaper, there is an article... 200,000 employees of Ford Motors and 10% of them are getting relieved in one, one month's time. Can you imagine that happening? I mean, just imagine. Uh, today you have a job, tomorrow you have no job. So, these kind of problems are there. Now, these problems are terrible for human beings to actually experience. So, what happens? They feel lamentation, bewilderment, misery, happiness, fear. Any kind of problems can create these, these situations for you. And then you feel ill also after that, isn't it? You see, you are under tension, you are under pressure. Now, if you have a problem connected to somebody who is a close relative of your, maybe there is, you know, some requirement, there is a wedding in the family, you know how much of pressure you are under, you have to gather the money, you have to gather the stuff, so on and so forth. Somebody is sick and dying, how much of pressure you are under? And when you are under such kind of pressures and pains and problems, where there are money issues and things which are beyond our normal control, at that point in time, you also fall sick. It's a very easy progression. From there to sickness is very easy progression. You bring on sickness on yourself. Okay? And the sickness comes in any form, by the way. 
बैक एक्स पेन्स यू नो फीवर कोल्ड कफ यू नेम इट ऑल काइंड ऑफ सिकनेस विल कम या यू विल ऑल्सो हैव अट अटैक आई मीन जस्ट टूडे आई एम हैविंग अ हार्ट अटैक वाई because of all your problems and tensions and all that that is because of that incidentally it was discovered that the cause of all these heart attacks and all are not tension supposedly i mean it was it is brought about by something completely different we feel that the tension and the things like that can cause a heart attack no heart attack is different stroke is different other things are different so don't bring all this together they are all different different stuff okay now in this case you bring on diseases you bring on problems you bring on headaches you know the simplest is headache why your problems are causing it maya is doing it maya is enacting this beautiful scene for you and you are falling for it all right countless millions of years passed as markandeya wandered about in the deluge his mind bewildered by the illusory energy of lord vishnu supreme personality of godhead millions of years ah uh, you are living only for a few years here markandeya rishi is able to see millions of years pass by in front of him to have pain and problems in your life for one year is very difficult one month very difficult even one day is a problem for you isn't it markandeya rishi is going through millions of years just imagine once while wandering in the waters the brahmana markandeya discovered a small island upon which stood a young banyan tree bearing blossoms and fruit so now markandeya rishi huh just like exactly the the young boy who sees that ocean you know that thing huh do you remember that story life of pi Ah, exactly like that. He sees one island somewhere in the middle of the ocean. So Markandeya Rishi goes over there, and there, there is a very nice banyan tree, and there is blossoms and fruits and flowers and whatever. Upon a branch on the northeast portion of the tree, he saw an infant boy lying within a leaf. The child's effulgence was swallowing up the darkness. Same life of Pi only. So here, what happens? He sees on that tree there is a small crib-like thing, and then there is a small baby, and the baby is lying over there, and the baby is eating up everything. <laughs> the infant's dark blue complexion was the color of a flawless emerald. His lotus face shone with the wealth of beauty. and his throat bore marks like the lines of a conch shell he had a broad chest a finely shaped nose beautiful eyebrows lovely ears that resembled pomegranate flowers had inner folds like a conch shells spirals the corners of his eye were reddish like the whorls of a lotus and the effulgence of his coral like lips red slightly reddened the nectarian enchanting smile on his face as he breathed his splendid hair trembled and his deep navel became distorted by the moving folds of skin on his abdomen which resembled a banyan leaf the exalted brahmana watched with amazement as the infant took hold of one of his lotus feet with his graceful fingers placed a toe within his mouth and began to suck now all those people who have gone to kumbhakonam and south india and and those who have seen those 
you know, uh, paintings hmm, and sculptures of South India. Have you seen this baby lying on a leaf with one, you know, his foot in his mouth? And you think it is Krishna. Isn't it? It is Maya. Maya is like a small baby. You have seen all this, isn't it? Those who have actually seen the paintings, you know, those beautiful paintings that they do, I don't know what they are called. Uh, those paintings. And we went to that place. What is that painting called? Tanjur painting. Now you seen the Tanjur painting with one small baby boy in a leaf. That is the one. It is being described over here. Markandeya Rishi is seeing this baby. Now this baby has got flawless skin. Maya is like this, like a small baby. In your life also you will have babies. You know, your baby is like that only. Please remember those who are having babies. Huh? Whether they are children, grandchildren or whatever, they are all like this only, Maya darlings. Hmm? They can do whatever they want to. <laughs> and how are they? They have lotus face, beautiful faces. Okay, They have wealth of beauty. Their throat broad marks like lines of conch shells. Broad chest, finely shaped nose, beautiful eyebrows, lovely ears. All this is there. I don't want to go into the depth of it. Just imagine it in the mind's eye. And you will understand how this baby looks like. He doesn't look like any hogger or anything like that. He looks very nice and cute, cute baby, you know. And just imagine he is putting his foot in his, in that, you know, that big toe in his mouth. You know, you have seen the babies put there. I can't lift my toe to show you. My stomach is coming in the middle. Sorry. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. But the thing is, you. I hope you got the point. This is how the baby is. And Markandeya Rishi is seeing Krishna's form as Maya. As Markandeya beheld the child, all his weariness vanished. Indeed, so great was his pleasure that the lotus of his heart, along with his lotus eyes, fully blossomed and the hair of his body stood on end. Confused as to the identity of the wonderful infant, the sage approached him. Now, what happens? Markandeya Rishi, he sees the child, now this cute baby, you know, lying on that beautiful leaf like that. And so, Markandeya Rishi, when he sees this beautiful baby, which is beautiful countenance and that, and he goes near the baby. Just then the child inhaled. Drawing Markandeya within his body like a mosquito. There the sage found the entire universe arrayed as it has been before his dissolution. Seeing this, Markandeya was most astonished and perplexed. So what happened over there? Markandeya Rishi as he approaches the child. The child breathes deeply. Suddenly, Markandeya goes through the nose of the child inside the body of the child. Hmm? And inside that body, he sees the entire universe. A similar story is there, isn't it? Where Krishna opens his mouth, ah, like that, and shows the entire universe to his mother. Here Markandeya Rishi gets to see the entire universe into the maybe the lungs. I don't know where he has gone but maybe it's the lungs. The lungs of the Divine Lord. 
Seeing this, Markandeya was astonished and perplexed. The sage saw the entire universe, the sky, heavens and the earth, the stars, mountains, oceans, great islands, continents, expanses in every direction, the saintly and the demonic living beings, the forests, countries, rivers, cities, mines, agricultural villages, cow pastures, occupational and spiritual activities of the various social divisions. He saw the basic elements of creation along with all their byproduct as well as time itself, which regulates the progression of countless ages within the days of Brahma. In addition, he saw everything else created for use in material life. All this he saw manifested before him as if it were real. So, in this body of that divine child, he sees everything that is needed over there. Rivers, this, that, so many things, you know, we, I've named it. Heavens, earth, sun, moon, you name it. He saw before him the Himalaya mountain, the Pushpabhadra river. Remember, he was doing his ablutions in front of Pushpabhadra river, huh? sitting on the banks of the river. So, what does he see? He sees the Pushpabhadra river also and his own hermitage, where he had the audience of the sage Narnarayan. Then as Markandeya beheld the entire universe, the infant exhaled, expelling the sage from his body and casting him back into the ocean of dissolution. So, he is seeing his own self hmm, in front doing those ablutions and praying to Narnarayan. And suddenly, the child exhales. And when he exhales, he is brought out from this particular illusion of his. In that vast sea, he again saw the banyan tree growing on the tiny island and the infant boy lying within the leaf. The child glanced at him from the corner of his eye with a smile imbued with the nectar of love and Markandeya took him into the heart through his eyes. Greatly agitated, the sage ran to embrace the transcendental personality of Godhead. So naturally, when the child exhales, the entire vision vanishes, he is back onto the island. Markandeya Rishi is now looking at the child and now he realizes who the child is. And he goes near the child wanting to take the child in his arms. At that moment, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the original master of mysticism and who is hidden within everyone's heart, became invisible to the sage, just as achievements of an incompetent person can suddenly vanish. So what happens? Markandeya Rishi, when he is approaching the child, the child vanishes and the whole vision in front of him vanishes. And the example given here is an incompetent person is working in this world so, all the achievements which an incompetent person has done, they will all go in one day's time, isn't it? That instant, exactly like that, everything disappeared. After the Lord disappeared, O Brahmana, the banyan tree, the great water, the dissolution of the universe all vanished as well. And in an instant, Markandeya Rishi found himself back in his own hermitage just as before. So, this is exactly like the same story which Narada had to go through. And by the way, you go through this on a daily basis. You think Maya doesn't act in, on you? Maya is acting on everybody constantly. We are always thinking of this, that and too many other things. You know, your world is fraught with Maya. 
why is it important for us to fall for Maya? Just like Markandeya Rishi, he saw the entire oceans, this, that, so many things, including the baby. Why are we getting carried away by this kind of a Maya's world? It is not important to fall for Maya. See, it is very good to see Maya as a very beautiful, you know, 70 millimeter film. Okay? With sound effects and nice actors and actresses and everybody. You are watching a film. After the film is over, you are not going with the film, isn't it? The film was on a screen that is a white in color. Right? After that, what happens? You walk out of the theater. You had come to eat popcorn over there and drink maybe a coke or something like that. You eat your popcorn, drink your coke, watch the film, feel nice about it and walk out of the there. That is exactly what you are supposed to do. When I say eat the popcorn and drink that coke or whatever, what does it mean? It means you have come in this world. Just enjoy the movie. The movie has everything in it. Okay? Comedy, tragedy, everything. You know, family, drama, God knows what all things. Yeah, you have to stand for national anthem also. You can't kneel down. You have to stand for national anthem. Similarly, you have to go through the credits also. Credits means what? You can't suddenly walk out of the theater. You have to see the credits. Indra Dev, he did this. Okay? Indra Dev is your mind, isn't it? Your mind is doing like this. Then, Shani Maharaj, he did like this. Oh, Rahu did like this. Ketu did like this. All your gods, goddesses, everybody's credits are just growing in front of you. Hmm? And then, you will say, you know, Shani ki sade saati thi, sade saad paras ke liye I was in trouble. Boss, that is in credit. It was a storyline. You know, a storyline is like that. You have come in this world, you have played the part, you are, you are only supposed to be a witness. You know, yesterday I wrote about it. Just be the witness. Don't think that you are playing the part in that film. The film is just rolling. Okay? You are just watching it. When you watch the film, what happens? Yesterday I wrote, I feel sick and tired. You know, something like that. Who is sick and tired? The eye is not sick and tired. It's the body which is sick and tired. I, who is watching the body, can see the body being sick and tired. Right? Did you understand? The mind is separate, body is separate than you. You are not the mind and the body. Sorry, those are the five layers. One, two, three, four, five. We have done these five layers. The five layers are different than you. You are not the five layers. Do not ever mistake this five layers. The five layers are going through mayas. Maya issue, isn't it? From being a child to a grown-up. Having diseases, having problems, having this, having that. Going through school, college, marriage, children, name it. You have seen so many deaths. You have seen so many lives. You have seen ups and downs. Money coming in, going in. Now You may be at a certain age in life. What happened when you are 20? What happened when you are 15? What happened when you are 25? What happened when you are 40? Does it matter? Today does it matter to you? It is forgotten and gone. It is gone long, long ago. 
Why are you dwelling on it today? You will feel the pain, isn't it? Just a few moments ago, did I not tell you when there are no flowers to offer to the God, offer them in your mind. Did I say these words? A mind can create a flower for you. A mind can create a prayer for you. Likewise, mind can create misery for you too. Why do you want to be miserable? Why do you want to think that so many years ago, I was leading a very beautiful life. Now, today I am in pain. Today I have a problem. Today I am having suffering so much. There is no need for you to think like that. Or you may be thinking, you know, I was earning so much at that time. Today I am not earning anything. Well, time passes. Everything goes on. This Maya's dream also goes away. Just remember, your job is to pray to the Lord alone. Just be at the feet of the Lord. Okay? When you are at the feet of the Lord, don't ask Him for Maya. Alright? Don't say, I want to see. Yesterday, I was asked. Okay, there was one verse which, which came about and said, you know, that Ramakrishna Paramahansa had some students and they did not want to get married. And they wanted to live as bachelors. So they decided early in life that they don't want to get married. Well, you can decide for yourself. If you want to get married or if you don't want to get married. Some people decide that they want to get married. They are free to do so. Maya darling is waiting for you. And there are some who don't want to get married. For them also Maya darling is waiting for them. You think they are not going through their trouble? Of course they will go through their trouble also. Who says they can't? Hmm? Well, Kirti Suresh is hounding somebody over here. Maybe Janilia D'Souza or maybe somebody else, you know. But so many people are there. <laughs> so, everybody is troubled by something or the other. Likewise, can you say anything? So, there are some people who can decide, I don't want Maya to trouble me. And when they say these words, they can stay like that. But when you want Maya to trouble you, keep the door open. And then see what happens. You see, the most important thing for us not to happen to. That means, so that Maya doesn't trouble us. Can we be completely devoted to God and forget the rest of the world? Whatever has to come will come and will go also. It is just like a movie. It just happens. You watch the screen, finish the movie, walk out of the theater. It's all but a dream. Correct? So, we have come to the end of chapter 9. Tomorrow we will do chapter 10. So, I will stop over here and I will see you all tomorrow. You take care and have a very good day and don't get conned by Maya.